Hello and welcome to Customer Marketing Catch-Up. In this episode, I'm going to be talking to Robert Maddox, who is involved in customer advocacy, engagement and community at Delinea. And we are going to be talking about how you can use customer events to connect to your customers to your product teams. First though, here is a very quick word from our sponsor, Influitive. This podcast is brought to you by Influitive, the world's number one customer marketing and advocacy platform designed to supercharge customer engagement and deliver social proof at scale. From referrals and references to reviews and video testimonials, Influitive does it all. Close more deals all with a customer-first approach through Influitive. So hello and welcome back to Customer Marketing Catch-Up. I am joined again by the wonderful Ari as co-host. Welcome back, Ari. And today we are going to be talking to Robert Maddox. Welcome. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. So um, today we are going to be talking about customer events and how people can use customer events to connect people to product teams. But first... We want to get a little bit of the uh, landscape of who you are, uh, Robert, and why don't we begin by um, you telling us who you are, where you are in your career, how you got there, everything like that. Yeah, so I would say I've been a CX and engagement professional for most of my career so far. I've worked with startups, uh, political campaigns, hospitality, brick and mortar businesses, and most recently an enterprise software company in the cybersecurity sector. And I've created and hosted events in each of these sectors in the past. So right now, my line of work consists of relationship building and influencing others for shared outcomes. And in college, I studied finance uh, because I had an interest in investing um, and the economy, but I minored communication studies to round off my skill set. And I'd say that's kind of where I really took an interest in marketing, customer marketing, advocacy, community. And that's been my path ever since. I will say I've gotten to work now with Rob multiple times and you want to talk about a hungry individual who is really clamoring at learning and gaining as much experience and information as he can this is the person so he's really been not just a sponge but but acting on it right and so it's it's been wonderful to watch him grow oh that's fantastic it really sounds like um curiosity is the name of the game really and I think probably relevant in terms of um, events and then product teams. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So my first question is, where does the ideas for these kinds of events come from? What what inspires them? Because, um, you know, usually events aren't kind of made out of thin air. What, what do you, what internal discussions start off the process of creating events? Yeah, so um, I would say the idea for these events comes from my own experiences. Um, I prefer high-touch engagement when it comes to interacting with customers, vendors, uh, people in the community. Um, I've created many different events in the past, and so I've had a wide variety of experience and infrastructure and playbooks to pull from. Um, So obviously, you want to collaborate with your teams internally. Um, You kind of want to do some internal interviews first to kind of get the idea of what these teams want and what their goals are and what their desired results are and how we can both help each other achieve our goals. Um, But most importantly, um, I validate my strategies and tactics by asking customers um, if they like events and if they want them in the first place um, and the types that I produce. So in my current role, Customers have overwhelmingly stated that they want to attend webinars led by product managers and support technicians. 
I've been able to socialize this data during internal discussions and the stakeholders from different teams have voluntarily opted in to my events that engage the customers. I think it's, it's, it's wonderful because often the product team can feel so removed from the customer, right? And so you have CSMs and account managers and customer marketers and advocacy professionals all between the customer and the product team, even product marketers. And at some companies, product marketers touch the customers a lot. And some, they're just polishing off all that. And their work is much more focused on go-to-market function. And they don't even really talk to the customer. And so what Rob is doing here is really connecting and building that bridge so that the product team understands who they're building for. Because when you lose sight of that, you start to build for yourself and your product can sometimes go into one of those echo chamber loops where it's great for you, but nobody else is seeing the value the same way you are. And you're wondering why you're having retention problems, right? Or engagement problems or adoption problems. So connecting those dots is a is vitally important and making it easy for the product team because it's not not always, you know, in their um, trick uh, uh, bag of tricks, right? This isn't a natural function for them with how to connect with customers, how to build events. For, that's not their responsibility or what they even sometimes feel comfortable doing. And so it's how do we all work together to fill in those parts where others are, this isn't their expertise, this is ours. And so Rob is really doing that and creating these experiences that are a light lift for them, but they get to come in and be the subject matter experts and build relationships and connections with their customers. Yeah, that's a really good point. It sounds almost as if um, currently what you're doing with events is really connecting two very different parts of the whole life cycle of a product, a company, you know, the the customer teams, everything like that, um, which I think is a wonderful motivation for it. Um, so, which is what kind of what you're currently doing. So what, what would you say would be other kind of good motivations for conducting events? I know you said um, initially that, you know, there has to be a desire there from your customers to want that kind of thing. Um, maybe you can expand on that as well. Yeah, so where I'm positioned in the company, I would say customer experience. Um, that is the most important motivation for me. But obviously other teams uh, have different motivations. The product team needs customer feedback. The product marketing team needs feedback on content. Uh, you know, CSMs need feedback on you know other areas of their business but i would say like i said most importantly it's the customer experience for me and and you know in, in revenue dollars that equates to retention expansion upsells cross-sells right so it equates the the experience is wonderful and you focus on that first and the byproduct of that is the revenue that follows right you put the the experience first and the byproduct is the revenue because that's a human first approach. And that's what people really are engaging with. And that's where you're seeing this movement right now in the industry. That's why this customer led movement is one of the fastest growing there's been in the last decade, right? Because we understand that that's really what people connect to. That's why community is blowing up, right? So Rob's on, Rob's on the forefront of that with pushing these types of events. Yeah, and um, as a customer interacts more with a vendor, there's more trust and rapport that's being built. And naturally they're gonna want more from the vendor and buy more and sell themselves. So that way we don't have to push an agenda every time we interact with a customer, a sales agenda, I should say. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, cause it sounded um, a little bit like you said, you you yourself come from, the motivation comes from a 
customer experience point of view. It sounds like a lot of the other teams really desire this connection for kind of feedback and that kind of thing. And I wonder if maybe there's a case of, of events really needing to maintain a nice balance about, you know, bringing something for the customer for sure, but then also bringing something for all of those internal teams too. Um, so would you say that, that that would be one of the aims of such an event for people who are within customer marketing? Uh, you know, usually customer marketers are very much prioritizing the customer and then customer feedback as well. Yeah, I would say my aim specifically is to nurture the customers to advocates through education and engagement. Um, you know, customer advocacy is something I definitely specialize in as well. Um, and, you know, for the product team, I definitely want to get that feedback and make it easily accessible for the product team. And kind of like what Ari said, make it light lifts for everybody else to leverage the relationships that I have that our company has with our customers. Um, so, you know, I think as, as if advocacy is a big part of your own customer marketing, you really want to focus on what's going to convert the customers into advocates, into advocates. If you don't already have somebody doing that for you in the pipeline in the post-sell pipeline. You know, if, if you think about it like this, if we think about being a, a customer marketer or an advocacy professional as being something like a B2B sports agent or an acting agent or any type of agent, we're an agent, right? Our job is to help connect our customers. We don't turn them into champions, but we do find them and we help guide them and shine a spotlight on them. And it's not just connecting them to the right movie script, right? We're going to connect them to managers. We're going to connect them to commercials. We're going to connect them to products and sponsorships. We're going to connect them to trainings. We're going to connect them to all of these different things. And we're this hub of connectivity for them, right? Because they have a lot on their plate. They don't need to be spending all that time. That's what we do. And then when you bring them into these events, when you say, you know, it's not just for the customer, it's also for us. Absolutely. And that's why we are all moving away from a vendor-customer relationship into what we call partnerships. We want to have partnerships with our customers where we're equally vested in the growth of an advantage of being together, right? That's that one plus one equals three scenario. And in a partnership, it's not myopic, right? It's not one-sided. It's not mutually exclusive to one person getting benefit and not the other. You come in knowing that you're both going to better each other. There is room for improvement and optimization on both sides, and you're both working on the best possible way forward together, right? That's fundamentally uh, um, one of the things that becomes a unique selling proposition that separates you from your competitors as well. Yeah, I think that's one thing that uh, the sales team can leverage is the fact that we have community and we have advocacy and we have a place for customers to get more in their careers from the vendor themselves. Yeah, it sounds really good. The uh, kind of almost seems like um, from, from an outside perspective that events really are this catalyst to be able to kind of talk to each other about, you know, potential pain points, potential challenges, these kinds of things. And, you know, what you were saying about education being your priority and that, you know, perhaps a certain pain point may be a lack of education on one point. So you can provide that skill. So it's a kind of an equal exchange rather than a, you know, this isn't working for me and it's your problem from this kind of thing. It's a kind of, how can we figure this out together? I think that's wonderful. Um, so in, in terms of kind of, again, collaboration, how you can figure things out together, um, 
I was wondering how these kinds of events, um, you mentioned that they work well in terms of, you know, conversion to advocacy, improving experience, improving loyalty. How about um, internally as well with how does these kinds of events support other company initiatives? Yeah, so one of my company initiatives is to be more customer focused. And I can provide an accessible forum for my teams to directly interact with customers. In the past, companies have outsourced expensive customer focus groups. And I'm able to produce these on a weekly basis at a fraction of the cost as part of my regular operations. Um, so when when you do when your when a company is customer focused, they'll use the customer voice and the customer feedback to influence almost every single decision to stay on the pulse and stay on the mark of what customers want and what customers need. I think too often that com companies think they know what customers want and need without actually asking and verifying uh, to be the case. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. That's um. I think that's really cool that the fact that, yeah, kind of connecting customers in, in such a regular capacity as well within like a weekly basis, I think is something that that I think is not actually all that that common um, at the moment within certain companies, certainly from what I've learned with the state of customer marketing report that we did, that Customer Marketing Alliance did last year, there was, it really wasn't all that common um, the higher percentage was that people were talking to customers, you know, monthly, quarterly, sometimes only once a year, maybe even not at all. And I think there's definitely a need for that to kind of become more regular. Um, which, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I think there's a lot of customers out there that want to interact more and participate more with vendors um, and in their own company. And I think that's where we're leaving the most chips on the table. We need to find, identify those customers that want to do more. Uh, for anybody and then take it and, and leverage them, leverage their voice, leverage their platform, leverage their career um, to have this uh, one plus one equals three or more kind of thing. Mm. Be, the, the economic pie is getting so big that it's not uh, a zero net sum game anymore where there's a constant trade-off. So I think that there's people can be leveraged. Um, <clears throat> I think we can leverage people for who they are and what they like to create new outcomes that haven't been seen before. Yeah, there's so much opportunity out there for just, you know, just collaborating and talking to new people. There are so many more insights that you can definitely get, I think, for sure. Um, so I guess in this this next point, I kind of want to delve a little bit more into the um the connection of events and then product teams. Um, so in terms of when you're planning an event such as this, how often do you collaborate with these product teams specifically or kind of in what capacity and how closely do you work with them when you're creating these events? Yeah, so getting uh, internal buy-in from product, it's a steady uh, and it's somewhat of a slow journey. Um, I have worked on this customer success team last year and I just now got moved to product marketing to take uh, advantage of their bigger resource chest. But I would say I'm pretty self-sufficient when it comes to producing the events. I do collaborate with teams beforehand to kind of get their ideas um, and what they want out of it. But most importantly, kind of a callback to what I said earlier, it, I make it more about the customer, right? Like, what does the customer want? And I want to execute on that first and foremost. Um, so um, along with product marketing, um, the marketing team is sort of responsible for net new logos and demand gen. 
where I'm sort of more responsible for increasing the renewal rates and customer advocacy and bettering the customer experience. So that's why I have this customer first approach because different teams have uh, different goals, but I'm able to help execute on their goals because the advocacy program that I manage is omnidirectional. So I collaborate currently with product marketing by cross-posting their content. Um, and then I also identify advocates for customer storytelling. Um, so my events help nurture customers to the point where they feel comfortable telling their story uh, to our people. And again, I think these events are great ways to build that trust and to build that brand recognition and familiarity with people on our team um, and the talking points, right? I think we assume that our customers know everything that we know about our products, but that just simply isn't the case in reality. Um, so obviously having a mindset of always leveling ourselves up and leveling up our customers, I think is, is very important as well when it comes to setting goals. You know, Rob works with a, a very particular clientele. The personas generally are not personas who generally like to share, who are generally out in the open. And he, so he's created maturity models of how do I engage them? How do I start the relationship, build the trust, nurture it so they feel more and more comfortable and then see what the value is in it for them, building them up. It's not just how do we leverage them and get out of them what we need. It's how do we create this mutually beneficial growth plan for them that helps them really turn into these superstars that they are, right? And feel valued for the work that they're doing. They become the subject matter expert in the room. And you really put that, that spotlight on them. Even when, if you were to initially go after them, they're going to turn that spotlight down. They're going to say, I'm not comfortable with that because they don't see what the inherent value is in it for them. Right. Once you feel that value, it changes things. Introverted, extroverted, it doesn't matter. We all want to feel valued. Right. So that's part of this whole program that he's put together with meeting people in person, breaking down some of these barriers, right? Creating that relationship first and nurturing that on. Yeah, we um we have a bunch of lighthouse customers um in our customer base. And the idea is to identify them and help um ex uh and help expand their voices to have them reach new heights in their careers, right? Uh, but we can also find other willing customers that want to be lighthouse customers or influencers in the industry uh, to build up. And I think that is kind of what Ari says. We don't want to suck them dry for references and case studies and testimonials because at some point there's going to be fatigue, right? But I think a lot of people have a lot more interest in stamina and pushing forward their professional careers. And a natural byproduct of that or an externality is going to be like they're going to naturally give out the testimonials and the case studies and just talking to their peers about how great the vendor is. Yeah, that's a really good point. It sounds definitely a lot like although the the aim is to connect connects people with the product teams it's not really the product teams that have the priority in this it's like that's maybe the first initial thing that you do and then the big bulk of kind of creating these events the the effort that goes into it is really for your part in kind of connecting and reaching out and building trust with customers which is certainly no small feat for sure quite often um customer marketing is often bought in at the kind of growth mid-growth scale up rapid growth stages of companies you know companies understand that customer marketing is really important for developing these relationships with their rapidly expanding customer base so um for you with your experience with these kinds of events how impactful are they for this kind of stage of growth, but also sustained growth as well? 
Yeah, I would say these events help uncover trends in the market and the real needs of customers mm -hmm. uh, because many product organizations build products in a vacuum without with insufficient customer input. Um, I believe the future of growth is customer led and we really need to tap into those insights to have the sustained growth that we want. Um, you know, I, I know every company is different, but I would obviously advocate for bringing in customer success um, or an advocacy or customer marketing operator in once you have at least 10 customers, because you really want to be customer obsessed, understand why 10 people decided to uh, be a customer of your business. And then you can understand their personas, their needs, their motivations, their wants, their desires. And you can use that to sort of extrapolate out um, how to build to gain more customers from your approach. You know, so first of all, this question is an amazingly important question. This might be the most important question of the interview, which is, right, why? Why is this so critical to not just continue growth, sustain growth, but we have two different things in growth, right? We have velocity, how fast are we growing? And we have the trajectory. What is the angle, right, of, uh, what, what is that called? Um, release, right? And we have seen now in the last decade, many quote unquote unicorn companies get absolutely demolished and dissolved. They're on a rocket ship. You're like, nothing will ever stop them. Look at their growth. Now they're down to a couple hundred people where they were in the thousands. Their valuation is under a billion. They're no longer unicorns. They're disappearing. They've had to refocus their whole strategy. Why? The number one reason that we have seen across these unicorns blowing up is the market fit disappeared for themselves because they started creating as they were growing so fast, they forgot why they were growing in the first place. And they started building for themselves and what they thought would make them profitable, not for what the customer needed, wanted, and would make their lives better, right? So we've seen this happen over and over again. Those companies that went from you know unicorn to quadruple unicorns to those, continue to stay customer focused and hungry, right? So this isn't just about how fast you grow, it's the trajectory and can you keep that? Can you not fall off track, right? With that sustained growth. Your customers are your customers. Like it's so in front of our face sometimes that we forget about it. And when you have product teams, it's not their fault. They have these quotas, they have these, they have all of this pressure to build and build and build and build and build to keep up with, you know, the tech landscape, which is like, we have a new release every two weeks. We have a new release daily. We have a new, and there's all this pressure. It's not like they're sitting in, in some cubicle somewhere, sucking on a Slurpee, doing nothing. They're crunching. They're working hard. They're in a ton of meetings back to back one. They really just want to build, right? But what happens is they get isolated. And there, there's so many layers deep from who they're actually building for, right? That they lose focus and it's not their fault. They're being insulated from them so that they're not distracted so they can build more. But the reality is, is that distraction is so important to refocus on what matters. So you have to break that paradigm, that those walls down and really attach to be able to be that customer-led company that you want to be, that you talk about being, but you can't do it in talk alone, right? Practice is everything. And so I really, I really love what Rob is doing here by connecting those ends of the house. It's so vitally important. Yeah, it's it's definitely, I think we've definitely established like just talking through, you know, knowing that 
connecting these two very different parts of the customer life cycle, different parts of your company life cycle is absolutely vital. And so kind of moving on from that, knowing how important they are, um, I was wondering um, if maybe Robert, you had an example of, or a favorite example, even of when you created a successful event, such as the ones we're talking about. Yeah, so we just released a new product that over time uh, will integrate all of our security products on one platform. So last fall, the product and sales teams were struggling to find beta testers for it. And a product manager that I've been working with came to me and asked if we could engage my community and advocacy hub to get more beta testers. Naturally, I immediately agreed and I proposed we do a webinar and invite other qualified customers as well. And we had over 200 attendees and 50 signups that day uh, to be beta testers for the product. Um, and so before this, the product team wanted 25 signups by Christmas. I had got them double by Thanksgiving. And up to that point, um, the current process they'd been using only had five signups over the course of that month. Um, so literally in, in, in three hours, I was able to get 50, or I'm sorry, 10 times the amount of results. Um, and I think that's just the power of customer advocacy is that we the agenda is a customer first agenda, right? I did this webinar, this event, because I knew this would benefit customers. I knew that there's hungry customers out there that wanted more, that wanted to be beta testers for me. And I made it an easy lift to get the product team on board and get them the, the desired results they wanted to. And also, I just actually hosted my biggest um, event ever. We do a quarterly product summit, and we have a, a couple different product pillars that our customers can use to keep their um, infrastructure safe. And we have each product pillar give a overview and the updates about what they can expect in the next quarter. Um, and before that, or, or followed by a, an executive overview from our executives and the overall roadmap. And so we just hit over 500 customers um, that attended uh, this week. And we expect to have over a thousand customers on it by the end of the year. And for me, it's not necessarily about the numbers. It's more about the engagement that happens on that call. Uh, customers are asking questions in the chat and we see other customers answering them alongside our product and support teams. So I think events like that, that can help provide customer success and support at scale are very important um, in a time when we're all being crunched for budget and we, we need double the results with half the resources. Wow, I feel like I need to put a congratulations in there, my goodness. Those numbers really do. Yeah. I mean, you said it's not about the numbers, but the numbers do certainly speak for themselves. And if you've got 200 people on a webinar asking questions and interacting, that's so, so invaluable for sure. Um, yeah. And I think at this point, I think that was a company record as well. Um, when, when people found out that we're on the call afterwards that we had a customer event with 500 people on it, everyone was shocked. It's not so surprising for me because I believe in the power of advocacy and community. Um, but I think that there's still a lot of people out there that don't understand it. And I think that part of our job is to help uh, socialize this because of all the benefits that advocacy and customer marketing can provide to our product teams and everyone else on our companies for that matter. Yeah, yeah and that's a really big point that Rob brings up as well, um, which is it's easy to get frustrated when people don't understand our vision and what we're trying to do. It's easy to get frustrated and feel marginalized and, and put in a corner. I don't have the same budget the rest of the marketing team has. I don't have the same reach or resources. I don't get as much slide time on our big company all hands, right? But part of this is, is a growth mindset, which is you have to teach up as much as you teach down. 
right? A lot of us are creating our jobs or we're the first person ever hired at our company to hold this job. And so there's a learning period and we have to be understanding and empathetic to that as well. And it'll help us manage our own anxieties and frustrations, right? As we go through it, knowing that teaching up really, really what Rob just got on is metric based. You show the metrics, you show the numbers, you're going to get a lot more attention and a lot more ear time, right? They will listen. They will turn their heads. They will accept your meetings. They will take the time when you have the numbers to show it. So a little bit of this is like, you got to prove it first, right? And you've got to go out and you got to, I'm, I'm going to say this out loud. Sometimes you got to break a couple rules, right? You've got to do a couple of things because that's how you are going to help your company. If you really care about helping your customers, you care about helping your company, you've got to prove it, right? And, and not always can you do everything the way they've always been done or else you're not going to move forward, right? You're not, at least not at the rate that you're trying to and, and to that repositioning or that trajectory. So it's a really good point Rob brings up, which is, you know, they were surprised to hear that we did something like this, but I wasn't, I knew this. That's something I think we can all relate to, right? Whoever's listening to this, a lot of us understand what that feels like. Yeah, and just because that we know, you know, advocacy and customer-led growth is the future in our minds doesn't mean that other people know it and believe in that sort of philosophy. I think one of the biggest ways we can impact um, the metrics is impact on revenue. Um, a lot of us probably come from a traditional sales-led company, so that's sort of a, still sort of the prevalent thinking um, at, at the highest levels in leadership. So I think if we're able to sort of tie that back to revenue in any sort of way, um, you know, whether it be through references or cross-sell, upsell. Um, or even new referrals, uh, it's going to get the executive's attention. And then we can show them how these other metrics that don't have di direct impact to revenue can impact revenue in the long run um, for all the reasons that we mentioned. Yeah, God, that's fantastic. Um, and I think kind of with that, with that understanding, you know, that the fact that being in customer marketing teams pave your own way through, you have to kind of like create and prove your value uh, as things go along. And so I think for, for my last question here, thinking about some of the people that are potentially listening to this podcast and maybe customer marketers who have maybe done a couple of events, people who are, you know, just starting up, maybe want to do an event like this for the first time. And they, you know, they understand the value of it, like where you coming from with your events and so my last question kind of is for those types of people for the for even people who have who are veterans in events um maybe can benefit from this but what are the biggest lessons that you have learned from conducting such events you know where have you learned to prioritize where have you learned um that things need more attention need less attention anything like that yeah, I'm happy to share a couple. Um, so one of the biggest lessons I've learned is to stay nimble, which funny enough happens to be one of our company values too. Um, so rapid organizing is a great skill stack to have in tech right now, especially as companies release new products to new markets and double down on grassroots customer engagement. Um, so what do I mean by that? I think that if we are sort of starting a customer marketing and advocacy or community program uh, for a company that's never had one before, um, obviously we want to have, we want to plan and we want to have an overall strategy, but I think just getting customers together within your first month 
is going to be very important for your own morale, but also their morale to show them that, hey, like I'm, I'm here, I'm real, I exist, and I want to talk to you, right? Even if you can't get the buy-in of the product team or any other team within your first couple months or first couple of weeks, you can certainly make yourself available. Um, so being able to just create a meetup on the fly, I think, is a good skill to have. Um, but over time, as your program matures, you definitely want to have a lot of planning and organizing around the events and objectives. I've kind of, um, now that I've been in this position for about a year, I'm kind of getting away from the these pop-ups, events, and these rapid organizing, but it's still a good strategy to have because customer needs to change over time. Just because we understand what they want now doesn't mean it, that that won't change in a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a couple of years from now. Um, so I've also prioritized accessibility. Uh, and what does this mean? Um, I want to make sure that the customer experience is smooth and interactive. Um, and this applies internally as well. So making sure I'm evangelizing the program and events in a way that makes sense to internal teams. Um, one way you can do this internally is through a, 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 either a company all hands or a monthly town hall or an AMA. Um, I'm starting to do that and people like to come and ask questions and ask how they can be a part of my events or my program. Um, so another lesson is when I fully understood that customers were very happy when I could get PMs and technicians to talk to them at scale, uh, webinars with over a hundred customers in attendance are becoming the norm. Um, so for my program and my events. So leveraging our customer database uh, is, is definitely going to be a key part in this, uh, as well as keeping the engagement going um, each month on the Advocacy Hub, uh, powered by Influitive. There's the shameless plug. Um, but it's great. Uh, customers like the experience, and they, they now want this sort of 365 engagement um, that keeps the conversations going after events. And I'll end on this. Um, I think... This is sort of a newer experimental thing in you know, B2B tech and SaaS, but not necessarily a new concept, is internal advocacy or employee advocacy. If I was to do this uh, job all over again, I would actually start off with a three to six month internal advocacy program first, where I would use internal company events and happy hours to test out the strategies and tactics that I'd then turn on to the customers. Um, so I've been able to do this retroactively after the fact. And... Uh, these company happy hours that I've done online are now becoming a norm um, every quarter because it, I'm able to provide a lot of joy to many people um, at, at scale with, without it being a difficult lift. Um, so if our employees, internal employees, see how happy uh, this these events make people, they're going to naturally want to turn this on to customers if they are half as much customer focused as I am. Um, so I'd like to definitely keep socializing this idea of internal advocacy as the precursor to customer advocacy. And I'd love to talk to anybody about this. Um, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn or uh, send me a message or talk to me at the next event that I go to. Look at that hunger, looking for more connections, putting it out there, not letting it happen passively, being active about creating connections. So I want to respond to three things here. I want to respond one to rapid deployment of events, right? That flexibility in that, you know, um, um, speed to delivery. Two, I want to talk about feedback and communications and, and keeping the conversation going post event. And three, I want to talk about communicating internally about the benefits and rewards on all hands and things like that. So first with the events, one thing that we can sometimes do and we can be nervous about when trying to break into these engagements, we try and overthink everything. Right? We're trying to figure out how do we create the best event ever? We go and we go and we go and we build 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 and we, and we miss all this valuable time to actually learn in real time, right? You got to put it out. 
Rapid iteration means you iterate, but you can't test and iterate if it's not out in the world. So when you go in, just be transparent and be like, hey, we threw this together quickly. We're all in this together. My number one thing was to get us all together and figure out what's valuable to everyone, but we're learning. So if there's anything you want more of, share with us. If there's anything that this could be more valuable for you, share with us. We're here because we haven't solved everything, but we know we can do more together. And when you're open like that with your customers, it is amazing how much feedback you get from them. And it will actually dictate where you're going instead of you sitting in that bubble, in that isolated box, trying to figure out what is the best thing to do for your customers. That doesn't mean you can't get creative and create things on your own. Of course you can. But the more you do this iteration, the more you'll have more subject expertise on what they actually want and start to get really creative with how you deliver those events. So that's one, right? Get to it. Yeah. I was saying just a comment or I think, yeah, iterating is the key word there, right? So I don't think you have to have this perfect event in mind when you start your event series um, or if you have, if you already uh, did a great event the first time, it doesn't mean you can't iterate and improve for the future. So I think I just wanted to say, you know, that's definitely the key word there in rapid organizing is iteration. Yeah. It's, I mean, in the startup world, one of my favorite sayings is iterate to great, right? Which means you're not starting great. It's okay. And it's okay to talk about it. And when people say, oh, we could have done better. Don't take that person and be like, yeah, we absolutely could have. And here's where it's, it's great. It's like you're, you're failing forward, right? You're learning from all of this. Um, okay. So number two is how to post the post communication. I will say no matter what, if you hold an event with customers and customers give you feedback, you need to hear them and show them that you've actioned or haven't actioned, but you need to communicate that. Don't let it go out with no communication because you're like, well, they wanted this kind of stuff. I know that's not going to be on our roadmap. I know we're not going to be addressing it. So I'm just going to drop it. That is the fastest way to burn customers out and let them feel like this is a waste of my time. At least communicate back with them about why it's being deprioritized. Be upfront. It's a harder conversation to have, but you won't lose the customer that way. If you walk them through where the prioritizations are and why they are that way. Don't ever. One of the things I did early in my career that was definitely a learning moment for me held, you know, cab Had customers come in, they met the product team, blah, blah, blah. They shared all this feedback. They left like really feeling kind of like heard. And then we didn't action on that stuff. We didn't let them know what the follow-up was. We didn't bring any of that. And it actually turned them from being promoters to detractors from that experience, not even from the product, but feeling like, wow, you just wasted my time. Where did this even go? What was the point of all of this? So make sure that follow-up communication is real. Like, I don't care if the event itself needs work, but after you always follow up, you always communicate, you always, right, you, you keep them informed because otherwise you're going to burn them out. All right. And then the third one was the internal communication. One thing that we sometimes juggle with is, well, I want to promote my programs, but we notice if we do this I, I, I promotion a lot, people turn off, right? Oh, my events are so great. My events are my events are my events. And they're like, okay, whatever. I've heard enough of it. Like the first time, sure. But that has diminishing rates of return really quickly. Best thing to do when you want to show off the value of your programs is show off everyone else who is in the program. So show off the product marketers and how amazing they were and what they talked about. Make them the heroes of the story, right? Mm -hmm. 
And they will love you for that because you're, you're doing internal advocacy, just like you're doing external advocacy. You're turning them into champions. And guess what? We all know champions are very sticky. They love to play ball, right? They come back and they do it again and again with you because you're helping them feel valued. And again, that's what the whole point of this is making people feel valued at the end of the day. Like we're all growing together. And so, you know, when I do stuff with the, the let's say it's even an integrations, right? Let's say I'm, I'm hooking up a new tool to help my customers. My focus is on the customers, but what am I going to do? I'm going to celebrate the system integrations team that helped me put that in. What a wonderful job they've done, how they're creating all of these benefits. I'm not saying I'm creating all these benefits by having them do that for me. I'm putting it on them. I'm saying, look, they're allowing our customers to now blah, 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 or us to be able to track their data so we can better improve their experience here, here, and here. They're doing that, right? And so you're giving that out. And I promise you, when you do that, many, many more people will circle around you because you're creating that type of magnetic activity where we're all in this together, right? And your programs are the thing that is the, the catalyst right? For this whole journey, right? So that's, that's a great way to internally communicate and celebrate. Yeah, it sounds like you can, you can almost think of these events really as connecting your internal advocates with your external ones. And that's probably one of the best things that any company can ever do um, is bring advocates from every single part of this entire collaboration and bring them together. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're coming to the end of the episodes. Robert, did, before we finish off, did you have any final thoughts to round up the end of the episode? Yeah, I think we talked about a lot of great stuff, um, especially focusing on how do we use events to connect our customers and advocates with the product team. So um, I'd definitely like to talk about some more stuff in the future uh, with you guys, um, any listeners out there. So feel free to, again, you know, contact me um, if you want to keep the conversation going. Of course, yeah, it was such a wonderful, wonderful conversation um, to have. And yeah, uh, any kind of conversation that we can start is, you know, the next step to getting all of these events and getting the uh, the heroes going. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for joining us, Rob. Ari, thank you again for co-hosting with me. Uh, and thank you listeners as well. And we hope to see you again next time. Amazing. Thank you all so much. Bye.